ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಪುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿರ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ ಶಾಂತಿ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಕ್ಲಾಸ್ ಟೆನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬುಕ್ ಫಾಲ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ ಇಂಟಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ವೆ ಸಮರೈಸಿಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ಎನಿ ಕ್ವಶನ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಎನಿ ಒನ್ so we're we're on ch- this chapter which talks about the consequences of disregarding the intellect in the last chapter we discuss why we don't have a developed intellect why don't we have a developed intellect why don't we have a developed intellect you need to develop it it's not developed um it there is no program to help us develop it in our normal education program we said um and also we mistake and regard intelligence as intellect that's another issue that because we confuse intelligence and intellect because we're intelligent we think we know how to live life but as we as we've discussed that's not the case so how does this knowledge help us how does this knowledge help us if we if we go by what we are studying then and develop our intellect then that will help us to live our lives a friend of mine's I'll just to give you an example on friday i met a friend i haven't seen him for like 10 years um we used to be at school together and uh, he moved abroad and uh, did business and he came over for a holiday and he came to see me now this chap he same age as me is telling me he's got how many properties here in middle east in india so he's quite well off he's got two sons living here um, under 25 and he's telling me how everything was good and then he noticed a lump on one of his son's stomach and um so he he went to the hospital had it checked he even went abroad had it checked everything luckily it wasn't uh, cancerous but he goes i lost my ability to function because i lost my ability to function i have all these properties i have all this money but i didn't i didn't have any disregard for any of it he said when that happened and he can't understand why he goes the only thing going through my mind was why me so what do we get what do we learn from this you are the most important person in your life hmm you are the most important person you're the, how do you, what do you mean by that but his his whole life his importance has been to make money huh accumulate accumulate make money but one little incident 
out of his control. Everything collapsed. Doesn't matter how much money he had. Didn't matter how many properties he had. And he was telling me how none of it was, because I would have given everything away for that one issue, to deal with that. Was it that he wasn't strong enough to deal with, with um, what's happening because he hasn't made himself strong enough to not let other things affect him? Well, this is what we're talking about. How does this knowledge help us? The question is... <clears throat> he could have made himself stronger and um, would have dealt with the same problem, but without letting it um, imbalance him. But how? How would he have, gained, how would he have got him better, stronger? Yeah. Um, so, so this is what we're talking about. <clears throat> Even learning about values of life. This happened on Friday, that's why I'm just sharing it with you. Um, just learning values of life. The fact that he has all this asset, that doesn't make him any different from someone who doesn't. I mean, anything can happen to anyone. But he doesn't understand that. He feels, I'm not saying he thinks this, I'm just evaluating here. The fact that he has everything doesn't safeguard him against nature. Doesn't safeguard against something happening to his child. So, are we prepared for something to happen? Are we able to deal with it? Or are we going to collapse? His money wasn't any use to him. I mean, nothing came out of it, luckily. But he still hasn't regained his composure. His son is fine. He's saying, Dad, there's nothing wrong with me now. I'm carrying on. But he's still uh, in that mental state where he feels, why me? Why did it happen? He can't understand it. He understands the futility of what he was chasing. I don't know if he does. I mean, I explained a little bit to him, but it just went over his head. Okay. Um, but I'm sharing it with you because we're studying this subject, just to give you as an example, that are we prepared for any incident that happens to our in life? In life? And this is why we need to understand this subject, understand these higher values of life, understand how we function, this world functions. If, we understand, if we're able to deal with that and come to this conclusion that I have, a, I have this many years of life, we don't know how many, anything can happen, this is how the world functions, this is how I function, this is how human beings function. Now, whatever happens is going to happen, I have to deal with it. Positive, negative, whatever. Be prepared. And this subject prepares you for all that. This is what we're saying. That's why this knowledge is important, because it prepares us for any eventualities that we may face in life. You know, and the more understanding you have, the greater problems you can deal with. He had no knowledge, so he couldn't deal with any little thing. But you know, um, the more knowledge we have, more understanding we have, the greater issues and problems we can deal with. Even happiness, how to relate to happiness. We need to understand how to relate to happiness. Even for that, we need an understanding. Happiness is here, it can go tomorrow. So I just wanted to share that with you um, because it happened two days ago <laughs> to me. I mean, I, I, 
I'm, he, I hope he, he may listen to this lecture because I shared the app <laughs> with him. I said, look, listen to these uh, lectures. Maybe he might help you. I mean, if he doesn't, doesn't I don't know, but you know, I'm sure it will be fine. Any questions? Drew? Are you ready for life? <laughs> this is the question. If, while everything is going well, you say, yep, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, everything's fine with, with me. But are you ready for something, if something bad happens? And it's relative. Bad is relative. You know, for, for him, something happens bad, he could deal with it. For you, you may collapse. So it's different for different people. Are we ready? This is why we need this subject, to prepare us. But the issue is we don't think we need this subject because everything's going all right at the moment. Then uh, when we collapse, then we said, how can I, how, what, can I what can I do? But you, you're mentally, you're, you're not in a, situ in a position to do, um, take on knowledge then. You know, when you're in that state, you're not able to think, okay, let me study this and understand. It's too late. You need to be ready for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you understand that emotionally I may collapse, but I need to be able to be in control of the situation. I need to be able to recover from that situation quicker than... I mean, if someone might take six months to recover, I need to be able to recover in two months, because otherwise my life will... For six months, I can't, I can't deal with it. So we're not saying that don't be emotional, don't feel suffering and pain. But how long are you going to... F you could ruin the rest of your life if you're not able to deal with it. So we're not saying don't feel. Feel. But be in control. Someone passes away nearby. It could devastate you for the rest of your life. I can't live without my partner. I can't live without my child or whatever. But having the understanding that this is a natural phenomena, then yes, you'll still feel, and you still feel that sense of loss, but you'll be able to deal with it more better. You won't devastate the rest of your life if you have that understanding. Otherwise, you're dead as well. So what we're, this, the reason I gave this example is because we're talking about not having an intellect, the consequences of not having the intellect. Why we need it, the use of it in our lives. If we don't de develop it, then the effect it has on our lives. This is what this topic is talking about. Even if you're not spiritual and you just want to survive in the world to be happy and successful, you need the use of this equipment that we are all given. Why do we need this, the intellect to survive in the world? How does it help us? As I said, it helps us to understand the world better, to understand our fellow beings better, to see things for what they are. It reasons and judges. We can either use it in the world to bring happiness in our lives, or we can use it for spiritual development. To be, to be honest with you, you won't... <clears throat> unless you're happy and comfortable in the world, you won't endeavor to go on a spiritual path to a certain percentage. 
because if we're not, then we're constantly thinking of how to be successful, how to be happy. We can't think of the spiritual side. It's only when we're reasonably content that we're able to look beyond. Would, that, would, would you agree? Otherwise, we're still chasing. So once we reach a certain stage in our life, we need to be able to develop spiritually. So we need the intellect for that as well. In the next chapter, we'll be talking about um, the two different types of intellect, one for the spiritual side and one for the material side. That's in chapter t the last chapter. So we've been given this tool. We need to develop and use it. So how do we develop this intellect? What, does everyone know? How do we develop the intellect? Krishnabin, can you remember? Come to the classes. That's not enough. You could come to class and sleep. <laughs> Question everything. Question everything. Don't take anything for granted. Then you're thinking. Question everything. No matter who says it, how many people follow it, pass it through your own logic and reason. If it makes sense to you, then follow it. Then you're applying your intellect through. Study higher knowledge, like you said, like the scriptures, which give you the truths of life, preferably between four and six, which is called sattvic time. This exercises your intellect. When you're thinking, it exercises your intellect. So it's no point thinking about something you already know, thinking about something that will exercise your intellect, will challenge you. What does this mean? Who is God? What does it mean to be a human being? These sort of questions challenge you. You may not have the answer, it doesn't matter, but these things makes you think. How should I function? I'm a human being. What's expected of me? What is my purpose in this life? What's my role? So this is the values and truths of life. So study that. And the other function that we need to, another exercise we need to perform before we go to bed is self-reflection. We call it self-reflection. Do you know? Self-reflection. That allows whatever intellect you have to be available to you. So in the last class, we were discussing the effect of disregarding the intellect, which is this topic. So what kind of issues what kind of problems we face in life when we don't develop the intellect. We mistake intelligence for intellect. We're not going to go in detail because we've already covered it. We mistake intelligence for intellect. Does everyone understand that? We think in having gaining intelligence gives us the knowledge to live life. It doesn't, as we've already said. The mind can lose its sanity. Uh, for whoever wasn't here last week. More, more. Yeah, that's the one. Can everyone see that? Who wasn't here last week? Um, bring it more here, so they can see it. So who, wasn't, who hasn't seen this before? I'll just go for it quickly. Okay. You sure you want to go for it? We need darshna. <laughs> so this is how a human being thinks. When we 
you have 100% intellect. So everything, any thought that comes, we put it through our intellect, 100% discriminative action. So they're in thinking, reasoning, and then we're acting. 0% impulsive, that means the mind doesn't play a role. You're a sane person. 75% discriminative, meaning you're using the intellect 75% of the time. 25% is impulsive, which is the mind. You're, an emotion, you're in the category of an emotional person. This is an emotional person. They have 75% intellect, 25% impulsive. An eccentric person is someone who has 50% use of his intellect, 50% is mind-led. Hysterical person, 25% discriminative action, intellect, 75% impulsive. And an insane mad person has zero discriminative actions, intellect available to him, 100% impulsive, 100% mind-led. And we said that most people are between emotional and eccentric. So they have between 50 and 75% use of the intellect. So we're all using our intellect to a certain degree. But it's increasing it to this stage here, which is what we're trying to do. We all have, that's why we can be able to live life and make certain decisions um, because we have use of our intellect between 50 and 75%. You know, some of us may be in this category. I'm just saying generally people are between this category. So the development is from wherever you are here to this stage here. That's what we're talking about. And that's the difference between you being completely in control of all your actions. Any questions on that, whoever wasn't here? Is that, is that self-explanatory? Yeah, okay. Where, so when an, 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 an impulsive action is, what is an impulsive action? Mind-led. Mind is full of? Emotions. Likes and dislikes, emotions. So where your likes and dislikes are more stronger, you become more impulsive. Where um, your likes and dislikes are weaker, I mean, um, stronger, I mean, weaker, sorry, um, you'll be more discriminative. So, for example, you go past an ice cream parlor, you don't fancy an ice cream, you say, you know what, I'm not going to have an ice cream today. It's easy. Intellect says, yeah, it's okay, we're not going to have. But you have a strong likes for ice cream. You're going to find it more difficult to say, I don't want one. So you're less discriminative then. So you'll find that your intellect's available to you more and it's easier to dis. Um, make choices where the likes and dislikes are not so strong. So impulsive is from the mind. Does that answer your question? Okay. So the mind can lose its sanity if we're not uh, careful. The mind can become destructive. We talked about how the mind can create destruction. We said, you know, one person's mind can change history. Hitler, Idi Amin, many people in the one person's mind can cause destruction. We have no control over our actions if we don't have a developed intellect. They can go wrong. We make decisions that can go wrong. 
We follow the herd instinct. This is all summary of last few weeks, by the way. We follow the herd instinct. What is the herd instinct? Doing, follow the leader, without thinking. That doesn't help us. And, in the, and we discussed at the end of last class, we touched upon the ego and complexes, and that's where we're going to start from today. Yeah. Any questions on that? So, ego and complexes. The surface of the ego is another outcome of disregarding the intellect. What is this ego? What does ego mean to everyone? What is the ego? Thinking you're better than everyone. What else? You're the best, same as what Bhatti Ben said. What is the ego? True, what is the ego? What they said. <laughs> everyone, does everyone understand it as that? It's you're all better. About I. You're all about I. I did it. I did it, okay. <laughs> Lack of humility. Lack of humility, yes. So I'll give you the definition. What is the ego? Okay, and then we'll go through it. What is the ego? Individual, created by combination of matter layers, body, mind, intellect, and self. Matter and spirit. That's the technical definition. Assertion of individuality in medium of totality. Arrogating thoughts, deeds to oneself. That arrogating factor is ego, as you said. I did it. Disillusion of ego is cancelling the arrogating factor, meaning I am important. Understanding, understanding knowledge and understanding how life is and dissolving the ego. So what is the ego? When you, the body, mind, intellect, combines with the self, the ego is created. That's the technical term. So that's the ego created. Now, when you assert your individuality saying, I did it, that was me. I'm the most important person in the family. Without me, that couldn't have happened. You know what I did? You know how much money I got in my bank? <laughs> That's all the ego. That's how it manifests. You have, so, when you concentrate on your body, mind, and intellect, so the body, mind, intellect, and the spirit together makes the human being, creates the ego. When you concentrate on the body, mind, intellect, the ego is created, we said, you have a choice. You can either concentrate on that or the spirit. When you concentrate on the spirit, then you're dissolving the ego. which is not easy. We have a choice, body, mind, intellect, or the self. When you concentrate on the self, the ego gets diluted. The ego is an exaggerated opinion of oneself. So, why does this ego manifest? 
How can you, uh, we said we should concentrate on the spirit, but it's difficult to do that. What can we do to reduce the ego? Why do we want to reduce the ego? Why would we want to reduce the ego? Better person. Why does the ego make you a bad person? Showing off. Being selfish. Selfish. Hmm. Superiority complex. So we we find that we the ego gives us a superiority complex, a superiority or inferiority complex. It can work in either ways. So you can see good in other person. You feel you're superior than others. Are you superior than others? see yourself in the whole scheme of things, in nature, the world. That's the next bit. Right now, we're just, what we're saying is, are we superior than others? The problem is when you have this complex, superiority complex, the only one that suffers is yourself. Because one day you're going to have to come down. One day you're going to have to come down, and who's going to suffer is you. So naiva complex is good. This is what we're saying. We, and we all suffer from it in certain areas of our lives. And we suffer. So the ego manifests because we don't understand, as Kirk said, the grandeur of nature. What part, what role we play in the whole scheme of things. You think you're important only. We don't understand how this world is balanced, how it functions. We don't give it any importance. Nature, the air, oxygen we breathe, the weather, the food. And because we don't recognize this, it makes us the ignorance of this gives us our self-importance. It's a bit deep, you have to think about it. We have money in our bank. How does that make us more superior? Because we feel that that's the most important thing. Without oxygen, you can't breathe. How much money would you give for oxygen? That's free. But do we always say, thank you, God, today for giving me oxygen? You can't buy oxygen. You can, but you have to carry a bottle with you. <laughs> but just recognizing that, Drew. Can South African, West Indian, who's it playing? South African? Can they play without oxygen? So recognizing this helps us to reduce our ego. 
saying, this is available free to me. Food is available, water is available. Who is providing all this? What, what is well, what, who I am compared to that? See, we compare only with the person next to me. How much money you got? Oh my God, how many people do you got? My son's got this degree. What's, what's your son doing? Then we compare ourselves, makes us feel good, we have an ego. But compare with someone uh, bigger than you. Ultimately, the Lord. Then there's no ego. So, as Rishi said, humility. We need humility. That's the opposite of ego. If we, if we are humble, then it reduces our ego. And to create humility is to recognize this. Who am I? I'm one person out of seven billion people. I'll be here for a short period. I'll be gone. Whatever I do in between is important to me, but does anyone really care? No. <laughs> Let me just do my best and get out. This understanding creates humility within us, reduces our ego. And ultimately, we, we suffer less because if we reduce our ego, we suffer less. The person next to you is boasting, you think, okay, let him carry on. I'm fine where I am. You don't have an inferiority complex, nor do you have a superiority complex. You accept yourself for who you are in the grand scheme of the, the whole universe. Having that thought creates humility. You accept who you are. You accept, I am this person. God has created me the, me the way I am. I have certain areas I can develop, but you can't become taller or shorter, can you? You're fixed. This is how you're created. So understanding this. Would you say increasing your circle of identification reduces ego? If you identify, which is what we're talking about, but who, your circle of identification with whom? People in the same category as you? No. You know, you work, do some service for underprivileged people um, or to, peop to service for an area where you're, you can help. The fact that you're helping them actually reduces your ego. If you do it properly, it reduces your ego. So these exercises are to be done not because, you know what, I can help them. It's because I want to help so I can reduce my ego. That should be the attitude. So as we help and we say, you know what, I help them. I'll, I gave them this much money. Because I donated for this building. Look, there's my name on it. That doesn't help you reduce your ego. You help with the attitude that I'm helping because I'm going to help myself. By helping, I'm helping myself. If you have that attitude, then it works. Is that clear, Deepa? I want to help because I want to help myself. Not I want to help because... That increases your ego. It's very subtle. 
difference. For that, you need to understand the knowledge. Shashnavin, you look confused. Yeah, but reducing your, e reducing your ego takes you closer to your, the spirit, takes you closer to the self, identification with the self within you. So even though you're being selfish, yeah, you're being selfish to develop spiritually. In return, you're actually helping people. How can you be selfish? The result is you're helping people. That doesn't help you reduce your ego. It doesn't bring you closer to the, the self within you. The body, mind, intellect plus self equals human being. Yes? And we're saying that we want, to, we want to get closer to the self, to the self within. The whole exercise of being spiritual is identifying with the self within. So we're saying that ego separates us from the self. So reducing the ego brings us closer to the self, which is our goal in life. So this is one exercise, which is, to reduce your ego, is service. And I think what you're trying to say is that when you're, when you're helping someone, you're not helping them to help them, but you're helping them to help yourself. So is that selfish? No, because that's the effect. The action is you're helping, and that person is benefiting. The effect of that action is that you're reducing your ego. Don't go into it saying... This is you know what, I feel really egoistic. I was yesterday, I couldn't believe how egoistic I was. I must do some service tomorrow. Not like that. <laughs> if you're going to help, you can't then say, that's to reduce my ego. You just do it because Is that it reduces the ego? Well, it's, not, it's not the reason you've done it. The yeah. reason you've done it is, should be because you want to help people. It just happens to be an effect of it. Yeah, so you do not sit down and say, you're don't boast yourself. Like, okay, I'm doing this, therefore it'll reduce my ego. Just say, okay, that will have an effect on my ego, not to yourself. Or if I do this, it will help reduce my ego. Yeah. No, you don't, you don't say it to yourself. You just think, like, you know, that will have an effect. Okay, so what it is, your goal is, I want to become spiritually developed. I want to become self-realized. I want to learn about who I am. How do I do that? Okay, well, what separates me? This is your thinking, yes? What separates me is my ego. How do I reduce my ego? Okay, well, they say you can do knowledge, you can do karma, you can do bhakti. Okay, let me try practice all three. I'm going Sunday class, I'm learning knowledge. Okay, I need to do some service. How can I be helpful to, I can help my neighbor, I can help, the attitude is of that, but the goal is becoming spiritually developed. Yeah? The effect of doing these three yogas, the effect of that is that you become closer to the spirit, the self within you. See, so the whole attitude is of, I want to become closer to the spirit, become more spiritually developed. I want to reach self-realization. So all the actions you're performing during the day, whenever, the whole attitude mentally is, how can I help? And the effect is that you reduce your ego.
So the whole attitude has to be that. You need to think more about it. it it's, a, it's a very subtle concept. So recognizing the grandeur of nature, this helps us to reduce our ego because it allows us to understand who we are in the whole grand scheme of things, which is nothing. Also, our ego gets hurt. When we have a superiority complex, our ego gets hurt when someone says something negative. We gave the example, Anita's not here, you know, if she make the cake and she put everything in, all her heart and soul in it, and someone eats it and says, oh, who made this cake? This is really bad. You shouldn't be hurt. You've, made, you've done the best you can. What difference does it make what other people think? So you need to have that understanding. Other people will say whatever they want to say. Do I let them affect me or am I strong enough to deal with this? doesn't matter what other people think. People have their opinion. So one must develop and use one's intellect to dissolve the ego, understand his role in life. He must play his part and move on. Learn to accept who you are. Having these complexes causes mental agitations and suffering. One should understand and un that none is important or unimportant. Everyone has a role to play in life. If you understand this, you'll be free from compl any complexes. There's a poem, Mountain and the Squirrel, which talks about complexes and um, superiority and priority complex. If you get a chance, read it. It's in the, in the book, Mountain and the Squirrel. As Shakespeare says, all the world's a stage, all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. This is life. It's just it's like a grand stage. We just all have our roles to play. Father, son, mother, daughter, husband, wife. Ultimately, when our role is over, we go. So just understand that. This is what they're saying. This all helps us to understand life. So that was ego. Any questions on ego? We, you guys have to really read about it and think about it because it's not simple just to absorb it. Your ego won't allow it. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> if one has a powerful intellect, he becomes more successful in the world. We already said that. You would hold posts of higher caliber. One who has a weak intellect, they would have to work harder would hold lower caliber jobs in society. That's why laborers are controlled. 100 laborers can be controlled by one person. He does the thinking for them. He tells them, do and do this, they go and do it. They don't say, why should we do it this way? He's, he, he, he thinks about it, talks to his other fellow colleagues, and he runs the laborers. So higher intellect, stronger intellect, higher role. So lack of intellect. The effect on religion. This is uh, going to be a sore topic, but due to the ignorance of the intellect, religions in the world have become a mockery. People have become selfish and self-centered and only interested in taking, unlike in previous generations, it was about giving. How does it affect our religions? If we study religions in this day and age, 
lack of thinking, how has it affected religions? So you follow one person, a group of people. What they say, we say, okay, without thinking. How do we know they're right? There's so many religions that have been in the past where they were following one person. I think there's a, a, a Japanese, there's a guy in Japan, they had all these followers and they all committed mass suicide. They thought they were religious. Do you, do you remember that? There's a, and they all went into a subway and, and committed mass suicide or something, wasn't it? Poisoning. Poisoning. All in the name of God. Followed one person. In America, Waco. Waco, yeah. Religious. Herd instinct, lack of thinking. This is what, can, this is what religions have come to. We're not saying whatever we believe in is wrong, but... This is what can happen if you don't think and you jump into religion. Yeah. In that scenario, is it a case of people who are purporting that religion have a stronger intellect than the people who are following it? Yes. The person who they're following has... Either a stronger intellect to be able to manipulate them, or he himself is following something about thinking that has been laid down in the past. For example, Scientology, Hubbard started it. Now this other chap's taken over. He's just carrying on what Hubbard laid down in Scientology. He may add his own little bits and pieces to it, but ultimately that's what's happened. So you can, a person may create, Hubbard created the religion, Scientology, for whatever reason he did. Strong intellect. But the person carrying on may not have. So what kind of effect, religion, have you already said? You know, we can be following negative religion, we don't understand. All religions are man-made. All religions are man-made, remember that. If there, without Christ there would be no Christianity, without Muhammad there would have been no Islam, without the Buddha there would have been no Buddhism. I think the Quran was written 200 years after Muhammad died. We kill mass killings, all sorts of things happening because of religion. How is that uh, godly? Religion is about God. How can that be anything to do with killing? How can it be godly? But the question is, people are not thinking. They're just following that. This is the point we're making. No intellect. They're just following. We need to kill this group of people. God, God says so. 
Okay, I'll go first. This is, we're talking extreme here, but it's happening, isn't it? This is the world today. Pretty much like the chart where Hitler is the insane, using all the others mm. below him to kill the one on the left-hand side. Yeah. And people are following. Germans followed him and said, okay, we want to take over the world. Everyone should be blonde and blue-eyed. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he wanted. Hitler wanted everyone, the whole world to be blonde and blue-eyed. Whoever wasn't blonde and blue-eyed, kill him. Madness. And the whole army was following. This is lack of intellect. Thing. One, or one superior person with, one, with intellect using the masses for the wrong reason. So this has happened in our, in our time, so that's why we're talking about it. See, all we worry about is what can we get rather than what can we give. Selfishness, we all become more and more selfish. This is the world. Actually, it's not the world. The people in the world are like that, but the world isn't like that. Nature has provided all that one needs to live life in this world. Oxygen, pressure, temperature, water, food. Nature just gives, and we just take. Isn't it? Doesn't ask for anything in return. Nature doesn't get asked for anything in return. Only human beings just take. We've been given such gifts, and we're ignorant of that. No gratitude. So in religion, one group of people teach their version of spirituality, religions, and the, follow the followers blindly accept it. This is what's happening. Krishna, when you start a religion tomorrow, half a dozen people start following you, yep. She knows what she's talking about. Suddenly there's masses of people following you. Whatever you say, they do. This is how it is, isn't it? Now, your motives may be good, they may be bad. They may start off good, then they may become bad. Not everyone can handle power, name and fame. But this is what's going on. People no longer contemplate and think on the truths of life. The ignorant blind lead, lead the ignorant without any reason or thought backing today's religious practices. One should question the practices. Why should I fast? Why should I do this many mara? Why should I go to temple? Why should I go to church? How does this help me develop spiritually? If it makes sense, then you do it. If it doesn't, then you have to question why. We're not saying it's wrong to do it, but you need to know why you're doing it. Someone said, because I told you, then that's not a good enough reason. Do as I say, not, you know, don't think about it. Is that a reason? People say, okay, fine. But this is what's going on though, isn't it? The Pope says something, everyone blindly follows it.
We're only analyzing here what's going on in the world, yeah? We're not saying this is wrong, this is right. We're analyzing. If it suits you, you carry on. But we're saying when you don't have an intellect, this is what happens. That's why we have to think of all aspects, all areas of our life. You could waste your whole life following something which doesn't take you anywhere. The thing is, you'd be ignorant of it anyway. But why do we want to waste this time we have? We're too scared to question. Why? Because it's the unknown. We, we feel it's the unknown. We don't have the answers. This person has the answers. He's no different from you. Rajesh. That person is no different from you, see. But don't they, these religions rely on people with a lack of intellect? Are they real religions then? Whose fault is it? Ultimately ours. This is what we're saying. So don't do that. Think. This is what we're trying to promote. If you're doing that, think about it. You're too scared to question why. I've been doing it all my life. My parents have been doing it before me. What will everyone think of me if I question? Are those good enough reasons? I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not blaming anyone. They're just as uh, innocent as everyone following because they're following something that's been laid down by them. But at least now we understand. Let's question. This is what we're saying. You come to this class and we're laying the truths of life that you have an intellect. You should think and reason and use it in life. Otherwise, these things can happen. Now, knowing that you don't question, then you carry on with how you want to do your life. This is what we're saying. You may take it away and think, okay, I'm, I'm happy the way I am. That's no problem. But I'm only telling you what the scriptures are saying. We've given you this tool, use it. If you don't use it, then it's up to you. Hmm. The purpose of all religions is to get you back to your Godhead, your spirituality. So, over time, where, in fact, it seems like all religions are doing the opposite. They're taking you actually away from it. So, is that as a result of time, or is that a result of people just not applying intellect? See, first of all, most religions, they don't want you to apply your intellect. Because <laughs> if you do, you wouldn't be following it. <laughs> You wouldn't be following it if you applied your intellect, if you thought about it, you see. And we don't know the original source of it, how it who started it. Like you said, 200 years later, Islam started, Buddhism, Christianity. Who started it and what was the motive, motives for it? And how has that changed in time? We don't know all these things. But what, what we can say, rather than analyzing where it went wrong or not wrong, we can say, where are we right now and what are we going to do to develop Spiritually. See, like Kirk said, the goal of all religions is to become one with the self. Now, if you know that, then whatever belief you're having, if it's helping you do that, then you carry on believing it. 
If you feel, no, I want to, I believe what these Vedas are saying, and that is, should be my goal, then you start practicing what does help you to do that. But you have to, have, you have to make that decision and belief. You know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. So the result of not questioning is, as you said rightly, humans have devolved spiritually and morally. This has led people everywhere to quarrel, fight each other, leading to suffering and misery. Who's happy? Religious people, who are happy? <laughs> See, as, as you say, you don't actually... Okay, let's... let's uh, Okay. Actually, you don't, if you understand this next bit, this will help you. You don't have to follow any religions. True. True. You don't have to follow any religions. And I'll explain why. Bella. Ask me why. Why? You don't have to follow any religion any leaders or any beliefs. All you have to do is acknowledge what we've just said. Everything that is given to you, you need to have an, an attitude of humility and surrender to nature. Yeah, Follow this. If you don't understand any of this bit, please question. Whoever has furnished me with this body that heals on its own, this mind that feels emotions, this intellect that helps me think, this environment that I live in, this oxygen that helps me be alive, this water that sustains me, all the food I receive, all this for my survival, the ability to be able to earn, to be happy, to this entity, this person, God, whoever you want to call it, I surrender to. This is being spiritual. Where is religion in that? Sandhya, you missed it. I made it up this morning. <laughs> yeah, let me repeat it again. We said we don't have to follow any religion. Why? All we need to do is have an attitude of humility and surrender to nature. Whoever has given me everything that I need, this body that heals on its own. You follow a religion or it doesn't follow a religion, your body will still heal, yeah? It's not because you're following a religion that it's healing. The mind will feel emotions no matter what religion you follow, okay? It's not dependent on religion. This intellect that thinks me think, this environment I live in, everything I have, this water, food, everything. Whoever has given me all this, to this person, I surrender. God, whatever you want to call him. This is being spiritual. This attitude creates humility within us, a sense of gratitude. What are, my, what are our achievements compared to that person who has created all this? Who are you compared to that person? So that I surrender to. Just acknowledging that is being spiritual. No need to follow any religion. Isn't that simple?
Isn't spirituality become so simple? Why are we complicating it? Why are we complicating it? Do this, do that. This time of day, do that. When you wake up, you do this. Go around the block ten times. This is what religion tells you what to do. How does that convert to being spiritual? Are we, uh, does it help you to understand and show humility to what's being given to you? Does, your religion, does following the religion do that? In fact, some religions create ego. You know what? My religion is the best. billion people follow my religion. I think you better convert as well. So the, what we're saying is we don't have to follow any religion. If we follow this attitude, you are being spiritual. So just acknowledging this is being spiritual. No need to follow any religion. If you analyze how often do we go to temple or church, what do we do there? We're trying to think of the higher, God. When you go to a temple or church, we want to try and think of God. By following this, you can think of God all the time. Every time you If you relate to God who provides you with oxygen, every breath you take, you can think of God. You don't have to go to a temple or church. Oh, God provided me this breath of air. God is great. You're thinking of God every minute. You don't have to go anywhere. You can think of God in bed while you're breathing. Why do we have to go to a temple or church? Because you're led to believe that that's where God is. A religion tells you to do so if you follow a religion. Like someone who's going to, say for example, they're smoking, they put their cigarette out before they go into the temple thinking, well, you know, I can't smoke A in the temple, and it will be wrong to do it in the eyes of God. So they restrict God to that temple. But as soon as they come out again, yeah, it's the next one lit up. Yeah. We want, they want everyone to conform to a certain way. If you don't, then you're not being religious. That's right. There's lots of things where the intent originally was correct, but the lesson was never learned. The people who did it, they simply just carried on the same thing. That's right. Tip. Follow the leader. They don't want you to think, because if you think, then you won't come again. You won't come again. We're not saying it's wrong. If you're going there, if you're going there, you may want to go to a quiet place, a church or somewhere to sit and think. It's a conducive environment for you to think. And if you need that, absolutely, you should do it. But what we're saying is that if you, if you identify with God 
in that environment, that's where you are, that's fine. Yeah? But what we're saying is by developing, you can identify with God in all your actions. This is what we're saying. It's a development. I'm not saying you can do this straight away. You need to develop to do that. You see the sunrise, you can say, wow, God is great. You're thinking of God, isn't it? That's what we're doing when you're going to the temple or church. But if you can't do that, then you have to go in that environment to think of God. So where are, it depends on where, what state you're in. People can't think of God unless they're in that environment. But that's fine. idolizing the person that's found the truth as opposed to looking for the truth within. You see, for example, Christ may have created, uh, Christ didn't create this religion, he just said, you know. He wanted everyone to discover that for themselves. You know, he gave out some laws, laws, he gave out some laws of life, didn't he? That's what Christ did. He gave out laws of life. Ten commandments. He gave out the, law, uh, the, the laws of life and said, follow these laws. He didn't say start a religion. Or did, nor did he say, follow me. Okay, if you want to follow him, everyone happy to have gone across? <laughs> you know, he didn't say, follow me. He says, follow what, what I'm saying. Now it's, if, you know, in 1300 AD, the Christian wars, they were saying, if you don't turn to Christian, we kill you. But Christ didn't say that. Churches said that. Go and convert everyone to Christianity. That's because it's easier to follow, believe, and practice, which gives you that feeling of being spiritual, which is far removed from what spirituality is. It's a lack of understanding. This is what we're saying. So with, a, with an intellect, you can think on these subjects and reason and, and then make your own decision. You may choose to carry on following, which is fine, but you thought about it. This is, the, this is what we're saying. You have thought about it and then you're doing it. You're not following a herd instinct and you're not doing it blindly. This is what we're saying. We're not saying don't follow religion. We're saying think about it. Is it giving you what you need? And then you, is it making you more spiritual? Is it making you think of God? Is it making you a better human being? Is it creating humility in you? Are you becoming more unselfish? This is what religion should be able, should be able to do. If it's doing all that, then you carry on following. If not, then you have to think, okay, well, 
I want to become more unselfish. What can I do? Don't look at religion as an unknown. This is the problem we have. We don't question, we don't ask because we don't know ourselves. So, due to weak intellect, people function in life in a confused state. They do not know this. They have no clarity as to what they want in life, what the purpose of life is. One, one must understand that this, for example, now we're talking the next chapter, by the way, lack of intellect, what it creates. Freedom and bondage. Due to a weak intellect, we do not understand what true freedom is. We are bound and dependent on objects and beings in the world and are affected by them. What is that we are bound to? Anyone? What is, it? What is this bondage they're talking about? We've moved on from religions, by the way, yeah? What is this bondage? We're all bound. Mental bondage. Mental bondage, yeah. Emotional. Emotional. Rules. Rules. We're constantly feeding the quests and demands of the body, mind, and intellect. Mind wants sensual pleasures. This is bondage. Intellect wants information and knowledge. So we become slaves to our own passions. So we have to understand our, this bondage we're talking about. We don't, we don't actually think about it. It comes naturally. There's nothing wrong in having passions. But the passions should not control us. We should be in control of the passions. This is the difference. When you're not controlled by these passions, you're self-sufficient. You're in control of your personality. How many of us can live without our smartphones even for a day now? <laughs> I commend that person. We're all involved in the net. The cell. These are all names of bondage and we still go into it. <laughs> we all want to be in part of the net or part of the cell. In the cell. <laughs> okay, I did say on the text that we're going to talk about rich and poverty, so I'm going to at least go over that today. <laughs> Rich, in lack of intellect, richness and poverty. Most people are unaware of the true meaning of richness and poverty. Who is rich and who is poor? Who is rich and who is poor? Guys? The poor person is very rich. Poor person is very rich, okay. Are you rich or poor, by the way? You're <laughs> content. You're content, okay. The world sees richness in terms of money, I think. Okay. Material value. Material value. What else? What does richness mean, Drew? What does richness mean to you? You all want to hang on. Do you want to be rich? Okay. This is what exactly what I want you to do. <laughs> Good answer. Because you ask hundred people, do you want to be rich? How many people are going to say no? <laughs> so, what is richness and what is poor? 
quality of life. So you're equating richness to quality of life? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Whatever means to, it's different for different people. There's no right or wrong here, by the way, yeah? We're all, all we're doing is analyzing. There's no right or wrong. What is richness to you? See, it's different for different people. This is why we're saying this. And it also makes you guys think. Because everyone wants richness. So what is this richness that everyone wants? Richness. What's rich to you? Being comfortable in life. Okay. Today we're going to talk about how to be comfortable in life without being rich. <laughs> what is richness and what is being poor? person might say, I have a million pounds in my account, but if I get two million, it's enough, I will be rich. Another person says, I live in the shack, I have a job and enough to feed my family three meals a day. I'm so blessed to be this well off. Who is rich and who is poor? Are they though? How? Hmm? The one in the hut is probably rich because they're not wanting more. The other person is rich in monetary terms, but is looking at the next level, so agitated. He's poor. He is poor, even though he's got a million pounds in his account, because he's not happy and content. Only when I get the next million, I'll be happy and content. So right now he's poor. He's agitated. So richness and poorness is not dependent on how much wealth one possesses. What is it dependent on? Your happiness within what you have. Absolutely. So the formula is desires less than wealth, you are rich. Desires more than wealth, you are poor. Depends on your desires. Richness or poorness, okay, it causes mental agitations. When I get that, I'll be happy. We all want happiness in life. Ultimately, everyone is looking for happiness. Even to be rich, you want to equate that to happiness, isn't it? You don't want to be rich and still be unhappy. So your richness should convert to happiness, otherwise it's pointless. If you're still miserable. When is enough enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how, 
we're not saying do anything. We're saying having an understanding of what richness and poor is. A billionaire could still be poor. He has a hundred foot yacht. He's, he doesn't. He's not content until he gets a two hundred foot yacht. He's still feeling agitated when he, every time he sees a two hundred foot yacht going by. Oh man, he wish I had that. It's what you base your happiness on, isn't it? It's, as she was saying, that you could, once you're, you've made some money and you have bought a house and all that sort of stuff, you could be quite content. But if your desires are still stronger than that, it's then... Wanting more than what you have is when you're poor. And if, you, if you're happy with what you have, so it's understanding, isn't it? Yeah. Not through knowledge. Understanding what happiness is. You could always feel rich. You can all leave here today feeling rich. How? Being content with what you have. Keeping your desires within your limit. We're not saying don't aspire for more. We're not saying that. Aspire for the skies. But what we're doing is don't trade your current happiness for future acquisitions. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're doing. That guy who has a million pound in his account, he's not happy until he gets two million. He is trading his happiness for when he gets that two million pound. So until he gets that, he'll be unhappy. As Amar said, when he gets two million, he'll want four million. So when will he be, when will he be happy? You'll never be happy. So if you want to be happy now, understand what I have, I need to be happy and content with. I will try and earn more because it's in my capacity. But I'll be happy today with what I have. So, Joshnabin, the question you're asking is having that understanding, that attitude, then a person, a child, a teenager, or someone who's just starting off will always be happy with whatever he's earning and he'll keep his desires within that capacity. If he's earning £3,000 a month, he'll learn to live within that £3,000 and be happy. He may tomorrow start earning £5,000. He, he can aspire for more, but he's, not, he's happy permanently. It's an attitude. And then what would be the reason because it's your in your capacity, and you want to, you want to be able to. You may say, "I want to earn more so I can help people." You may say, "I want to earn more because I need a bigger house." You may say, "I want to earn more because, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be um, poor again." Not poor again, because it's in my capacity to do so. Let me at least practice my, do whatever I can physically. The thing is, you may want to get a bigger house, but you're happy in the house you're in. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't trade in your present, year, present happiness for anything else. Yeah, because you'll never be happy. This is the point we're trying to make. So we're learning to be happy and rich in whatever capacity we have at the moment. We, we're going we're gonna to cover that in more detail next time, actually. Um, I haven't done it justice, but because I wrote it on the thing, you'll be saying, you know what, he wrote this and he never discussed it. So I wanted to just touch upon the subject.
But we're going to go into more detail because I think everyone needs to understand this more thoroughly. Yeah, because it's quite important. And, you know, if you want to bring other people in who think might benefit from this subject, this particular topic, then <laughs> please feel free to bring them. But if you think about it logically, it makes sense, doesn't it? True. Be content with what you have today and aspire for more. But don't trade in your present happiness on future acquisitions. Doesn't that feel better now? <laughs> Any questions? We'll talk about that more next time. I have a clarification. Yep, go ahead. Um, religion is designed to get you to spirituality. And you have that understanding. And you're helping people less fortunate than yourself. Is that regarded as religion because you're getting, by helping the less fortunate, you are reducing your ego um, and also um, you're getting, you have that humbleness and humility so that can be regarded as religion? See, religion is just a name. You can call it whatever you want. Any action that you perform which helps you to get closer to the self within you. You can call it religion, spirituality, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. It's no point. It, we don't have to give it a label. If that is your goal, any action that you perform which allows you to get closer to that spirit, to that self, you can, you can call it whatever you want. So when you put labels, then we think, oh, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? It doesn't matter. I'm just saying it's just more about helping others without wanting anything back from them. Selfless service. Helps you reduce your ego, helps you reduce your desires. Because when you're thinking of others, you're not thinking of yourself. Because if you're not thinking of them, you're thinking of yourself. Isn't it? So you're diverting that. So that's why it helps you reduce your desires. And Reduction of desires brings you closer to the spirit, to the self. So any action you do that allows you to do that, see, you think about it, okay, this is my goal in life. I'm going to continue being the person I am, but I'm going to now pay attention to developing spiritually because I believe that brings me happiness. And that is my goal in life, to be happy and become more spiritual and get closer to my purpose of life, which is my purpose of life. This is, I'm going to pay a bit of attention to that. So your actions then are performed to take you to that goal. And in, the effect of that is that you're happy. You're reducing expectations. And you're rich now as well, because you're reducing your desires. <laughs> See how uh, the effect it has, just changing your attitude? Everything comes to you. It's all in within you. Okay. Thank you very much.